Welcome to Franklin Covey's Seven Habits Coach Series. I'm your host, Todd Davis, Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey. On this season of the Seven Habits Coach, we're talking to some of our expert consultants about how you can really amplify your impact with the help of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Today, I'd like to welcome my friend and one of our expert consultants, Roseanne Santos. Hey, Roseanne, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. It's great to see you. Roseanne is joining us from uh, New York City, and we really appreciate your time, Roseanne. Uh, let's just jump right in. I would love to, and we would love to hear, first of all, what was your initial introduction to the seven habits of highly effective people? Well, my introduction was as a young person by my dad, but I never listened, as young people do <laughs> not. And he's like, you need to read the seven habits. Never read it. I was like, whatever, dad. Then uh, fast forward 20 years later, I had a supervisor slash mentor who was always touting habit five, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Every time we had a one-on-one, -on -one, there was always something coming up in my impatience. And she was like, you need to read the seven habits, Roseanne. And of course, I never listened. And fast forward, maybe three or four years later, I met someone who has become very special to me and I finally listened. I was like, well, three times is the charm. And I have read it multiple times now, was introduced to Franklin Covey. And now I am facilitating many um, courses on seven habits in both Spanish and English. Wonderful. KBN. <laughs> so, so how long have you actually been teaching officially or formally teaching the seven habits? Just over two years. Wonderful. So yeah. dozens, if not hundreds of times, it sounds like that you would have been teaching now. Absolutely. Absolutely. In various versions, the full version, seven habits for families, seven habits for the military. It's been really wonderful. Oh, that's great. Well, we're, we're appreciative of having your expertise here today. And today we want to talk specifically about habit seven, sharpen yeah. the saw. Uh, and I know in the model, it's the habit that surrounds all of the other six habits. So maybe you could just begin by telling us a little bit more about habit seven. And what, what do you believe are some of the key principles that people should focus on when they're thinking about habit seven, sharpening the saw? When you're thinking about habit seven and reaching that daily victory, that daily private victory, it's really important to understand that you can role model that behavior. We're always worried about everyone else. How's everyone else's mind, body, heart, and spirit? But if we're not modeling a healthy mind, body, heart, and spirit, those people that we're worried about aren't going to, to get it either. So we need to become role models for the people that we care about, for the people that we work with, so that they then can also achieve that daily private victory. So my biggest um, reflection on Habit 7, Sharpen the Saw, is you have to be that person that models it for everyone else. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not, I mean, certainly you're doing those things, mind, body, heart, and spirit for yourself, but equally, as important, it's so that you are being the role model and kind of able to take care of those around you. Is that, am I understanding correctly? Absolutely. And if we want those others around us to take care of themselves, right? We're always worried about those around us that we love, that we work with. If we're not doing it for ourselves, why would they trust us to, to 
want to get it done for themselves, right? So we have to show them the way, so to speak. Um, if we're in leadership positions, if we're uh, head of households, you know, I want my son to know that it's important for me to take care of myself. I want him to see that he should take care of himself before he goes out into the world to take care of others, because that's how he's going to be optimal. Okay. So what are some examples? You talk about these four uh, areas or elements, body, body, mind, heart, and spirit. What, what are some examples of how you or you've seen others or you coach others to invest in themselves in those areas? Well, I use my own story. Uh, about six or seven years ago, I weighed 278 pounds. And wow. it, takes, it takes some reflection of all four of those dimensions to then lose about 110 pounds and keep it off for the past six years. So that is why role modeling the behavior is such an important um, lesson for me to share with everyone. Because if I want people to be healthy in my life, my, the people I supervise, my, my child, my family, how can I in good faith tell them, you know, you need to take care of yourself. I care about you. I want you to be healthy. I want your mind to be healthy. I want you, your spirit to be healthy if I wasn't doing it for myself. So I use those dimensions very personally to this day um, to make sure that my physical, my mental, my spiritual health are in a good place. And so I, I use my own story to help move the needle along for other folks. I think people need to see a case study, if you will, for lack of a better term. That's a that's an incredible accomplishment. Congratulations. And Thank you. and I know many of us are probably thinking, okay, well, so that's body. That's how you invest in, in your body. But but I would suspect that um, such a such a, a wonderful change has not only impacted your your body, but the the mind, heart, and spirit. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I would say that from a mind's perspective, I really had to understand why I was treating food incorrectly, why I was mm -hmm. using food in a way that I shouldn't have been using it. And so that took a lot of reflection. It took a lot of meditation and it took a lot of self-help and understanding, really looking in the mirror, understanding, identifying my, my comforts around food. So that was the mind piece, that whole meditation and, and learning more about what's healthy for me, why um, from a physical aspect, just reading about better diets, not going on a fad diet, but understanding the science behind food, behind sugar, things of that nature. So that's the mind. The spirit, I mean, wow, you, when you start to feel healthier, from a physical perspective, you become very grateful for life, right? You become grateful for the fact that, hey, I was able to wake up and if I continued on the path of eating poorly, maybe one day I wouldn't. And I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but that's really what happened. It was a, a, a spiritual transformation in that way. You know, the gratitude for life and that I control my life, right? We're talking about the seven habits and the importance of, of, you know, my circle of influence, right? And my ability to mm -hmm. control what I was eating and what I was cooking. And did I want my son 
to, to have these bad habits. No. So I had to put all of that into my mind and my spirit. Wow. Talk about, talk about a role model. So let's say, let's say I'm, uh, and I'm not, but let's say I'm someone who is physically fit. I'm, I'm in the best physical shape and health uh, that I, that I can be in. Okay. But uh, so I've got that, the, the body part down. Can you, is there anyone you've coached or worked with that may be struggling in one of the other three areas? Uh, and, and you could share maybe with us a little bit about how they, what they addressed or how they, they put uh, Habit 7 to work. Oh, that's a great question. I would say that the meditation piece or the spirit piece, let me not be so specific, but the spirit piece, because what ends up happening is someone who is very physically fit is working, 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 working. And they themselves or the person um, who I'm thinking of in my head was not sharpening the saw, even though on some level, outwardly, if it seemed as if the person was sharpening the saw, right? In the gym every day, uh, coaching, this was actually a personal coach, right? Coaching their own clients daily on that body uh, dimension but never taking the time to rest because you can overdo working out. You can hurt yourself really significantly if you don't take time to, to rest the body, to take time to focus on the other dimensions. And so I saw that this was happening, not making time for others in their lives. So concentrated on you know, making the money working hour by hour, filling every hour up with clients that other pieces of life were, were falling by the wayside. So while this person's body was in wonderful shape, the mind and heart needed a little work. They needed to make more time for the people that they loved. Uh, and they needed to make more time just just to take a nap and rest, right? You know, you can't be at the treadmill 24-7. That's not healthy either. So just kind of working with that person to understand that the extremes are not where we want to be either. No, it makes a lot of sense. When you, when you said, you know, being on the treadmill, I thought the, the treadmill of life. Uh, we have a, a dear friend who, uh, by, by certain uh, measures, is very successful. This person has uh, had an amazing career, made lots of money. Um, they're very credible in, in their field and, and thought very highly of. And yet you just caused me to, to think on um, the, the challenge this person has had by not intentionally putting their relationships last, but the heart or the social uh, part of their life has really been on hold and was on hold for so long as they were making all these other achievements that they those those relationships kind of fell apart. And and so, again, just as you're talking, I hear this importance of this well-rounded, you know, these four pillars of body, mind, heart, and spirit being so critical and that you focus too much on one and then you start to neglect the other, maybe. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We know we're, we're human, right? We, we, when one thing is going really well in our lives, sometimes another area is suffering. And we have to do a lot of reflection around how do we stay, quote unquote, balanced? How do we figure out how to pour into each of these dimensions just the right amount to make us highly effective and to make sure that we're sharpening the sword, to make sure that 
we're holding it together with the other six habits, right? It's so important, mm. yet I feel it's, it's probably one of the harder, hardest of the seven because it's about us and oftentimes we're really thinking about others. How am I gonna make money for the family? Uh, how am I going to do what I have to do for work? How am I going to do this for that other person? And we just don't always take the time to think about ourselves. We think it's it's not a good thing to do. It's selfish um, to think about ourselves or to think about taking a moment. You don't know how many people I have encountered in my coaching who do not take their vacation days. It boggles my mind. Not only... Are you entitled to the time if that's what your contract says with your organization? But really, you're leaving money on the table, right? Most places pay for your vacation days. You're paid your normal salary. So it boggles my mind when people tell me, you know, I just lost two weeks of vacation time. It's like, what? Mm. Tell me it isn't so. And so that's a conversation I've had many times with some of my clients. You know, let's let's plan the vacation. Let's put first things first. If you know that your time is very busy around the fourth quarter, then let's have vacation quarter two. Let's put it on the calendar now and let's ask for it six months in advance. It, you know, there's all these different rules in HR and, you know, once your boss says, yes, you can have your vacation time, no one can really tell you not to take it. So it's really important to to take those vacation times. And that's just one small example of the ways that people are not taking care of themselves. It's, it just, like I said, it boggles my mind when I learn from a client that they do not take their vacation days. Well, that's, yeah, that is that is a, a sad. And, and you caused me to think, you know, when we say leaving money on the table, I think, what else am I leaving on the table by not investing in myself? What what relationships am I, so to speak, leaving on the table? Um, and, and I really appreciated what you said about people feeling guilty or saying, oh, I don't have time to take care of myself. I got to take care of everybody else. When as you're talking about these things, the way I take care of everybody else is by investing in myself first. I'm reminded of the, the often used analogy of the uh, oxygen masks, you know, when we're flying and, and the, the flight attendants tell us, you know, if the cabin pressure drops, you put your mask on first. And I bet when I was a little kid, I thought, well, no, my mom told me you take care of everybody else first. But, but in what you're saying, it's, it's putting your oxygen mask on first so that you can, in fact, take care of those around you. Absolutely. And my other favorite analogy is don't be so busy driving the car that you forget to get gas. And the reason, <laughs> I, the reason I like that one so much is because if you run out of gas and you're on the side of the road and you live in New York City, you're not going to see a tow truck for two hours. So <laughs> not only are you stuck on the side of the road, but you're also wasting time that you thought you were going to gain by not stopping to get the gas. So either way you Great. lose. So that's why Great. I like that anecdote. Great, great analogy. Great analogy. So, so uh, another key takeaway you just get me to think of is taking time to sharpen the saw and and do it now, not when it's when it's too late, not when I've run out of gas, not when I've had that stroke or heart attack, not when that relationship has been 
you know, broken and, and hard to repair. So, so do it now. This, these have been great examples and really every one of them showing a way that I can really amplify my impact that I'm having in my personal life with my friends and loved ones at my work with the, my colleagues and associates. So really great, a great overview and great suggestions, Roseanne. So appreciate your time today and want to thank all of you for joining us as well. If you'd like more information or additional resources, please go to our website at franklincovey.com. Thank you again, Roseanne. Thank you for having me.